Welcome to Tent Talk, the podcast with Nancy McCrady, where we talk about life under the big tent of God's presence and the provoking process of discipleship. Here we go. Hey everybody, welcome to Tent Talk. This is Nancy McCrady. I am going to continue in this next range of episodes to read from Watchman Nee's classic book, The Normal Christian Life. Now, last year I read in a series called One Off, uh, numbers 1 through 9.0, on the dates October 25th through November 5th, I read uh, chapters 1 and 2 of Normal Christian Life, and you can refer back to those. But in this series of episodes, I'm going to read from the normal Christian life. And chapter 3 is where we open. Oh, my friends, we must live as those who know. We know Him. We know truth. This will be the most sure footing for us to fight the fight of faith, for us to advance the kingdom We must live, not in the soulish realm of feeling first, but we must live in the spirit realm where we live by who and what we know. And then let your feelings line up with the truth. So here we go. Take hold of this, listen to this, and let the truth of the gospel grip you at entirely new depths. All right, my friends, I am opening up a range of episodes here on Tent Talk as we move through uh, this holiday season, and I am going to pick up uh, reading from Watchman Nee's classic book, The Normal Christian Life. I'm actually going to pick up with chapter three titled, The Path of Progress, Knowing. Now, let me say this. I realized that last year in episodes on October 25th through November 5th, 2021, I had already read chapters 1 and 2 that are so phenomenal on the blood, chapter 1, and on the cross, chapter 2. So I would encourage you to go back. The series of readings uh, were entitled One Off. And they were uh, posted October 25th through November 5th, 2021. So you can go back to those if you want to begin with chapter 1, proceed into chapter 2. So now I'm going to... Uh, open up and begin reading uh, chapter 3 on knowing. Oh, my friends, we must live in the Spirit by knowing. A deep, deep, um, intimate knowledge given to us by Holy Spirit. This, my friends, will be a huge, huge aspect of when you are in the good and handsome warfare, uh, because you cannot just be boxing the air, swinging at things, hoping you hit something. When you begin to know by the Spirit, by what He has taught you, what He has shown you, what He has experientially walked you into, 
That is a completely different way of taking truth that has set you free, but then walking and living in it at entirely new depths. And we really need that now. So as you're entering into uh, this season of where people are on vacation, they're traveling, they're with families, sometimes that is awesome, sometimes that's just pressing and difficult, I want you to have these episodes to be able to come to, to be able to hear truth and just let it wash over you, giving Holy Spirit opportunity to reveal uh, things to you at a whole new depth. So I hope that these will encourage you. So here we go. Chapter 3, The Normal Christian Life by Watchman Nee. Our old history ends with the cross. Our new history begins with the resurrection. If any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things are passed away. Behold, they are become new. 2 Corinthians 5.17 The cross terminates the first creation, and out of death there is brought a new creation in Christ, the second man. If we are in Adam... All that is in Adam necessarily devolves upon us. It becomes ours involuntarily, for we have to do nothing to get it. There is no need to make up our minds to lose our temper or to commit some other sin. Sin comes to us freely and despite ourselves. In a similar way, if we are in Christ, all that is in Christ comes to us by free grace without effort on our part, but on the ground of simple faith. But to say that all we need comes to us in Christ by free grace, though true enough, may seem impractical. How does it work out in life? How does it become real in our experience? As we study chapters 6, 7, and 8 of Romans, we shall discover that the conditions of living the normal Christian life are fourfold. They are A, knowing, B, reckoning, C, presenting ourselves to God, and D, walking in the Spirit. And they are set forth in that order. If we would live that life, we shall have to take all four of these steps, not one, nor two, nor three, but all four. As we study each of them, we shall trust the Lord by His Holy Spirit, to illumine our understanding, and we shall seek His help now to take the first big step forward. Our death with Christ, a historic fact. Romans 6, 1-11 is the passage before us now. In these verses, it is made clear that the death of the Lord Jesus is representative and inclusive. In His death, we all died. None of us can progress spiritually without seeing this. Just as we cannot have justification if we have not seen him bearing our sins on the cross, so we cannot have sanctification if we have not seen him bearing us on the cross. Not only have our sins been laid on him, but we ourselves have been put into him. How did you receive forgiveness? You realized that the Lord Jesus died as your substitute and bore your sins upon himself, and that his blood was shed to cleanse away your defilement. When you saw your sins all taken away on the cross, 
What did you do? Did you say, Lord Jesus, please come and die for my sins? No, you did not pray at all. You only thanked the Lord. You did not beseech him to come and die for you, for you realized that he had already done so. But what is true of your forgiveness is also true of your deliverance. The work is done. There is no need to pray, but only to praise. God has put us all in Christ, so that when Christ was crucified, we were crucified also. Thus there is no need to pray, I am a very wicked person, Lord, please crucify me. That is all wrong. You did not pray about your sins. Why pray now about yourself? Your sins were dealt with by his blood, and you were dealt with by his cross. It is an accomplished fact. All that is left for you to do is praise the Lord that when Christ died, you died also. You died with him. Praise him for it and live in the sight of it. Psalm 106.12 Then they believed they his words. They sang his praise. Do you believe in the death of Christ? Of course you do. But the same Holy Scripture that says he died for us says also that we died with him. Look at it again. Christ died for us. Romans 5.8 That is the first statement and that is clear enough. But is this any less clear? Our old man was crucified with him. Romans 6.6 6. We died with Christ. Romans 6.8 When are we crucified with him? What is the date of our old man's crucifixion? Is it tomorrow? Yesterday? Today? In order to answer this, it may help us if for a moment to turn to Paul's statement around and say, Christ was crucified with, in other words, at the same time as, our old man. Some of you came here in twos. You traveled to this place together. You might say, my friend came here with me. But you might just as truly say, I came here with my friend. Had one of you come three days ago and the other only today, you could not possibly say that. But having come together, you can make either statement with equal truth, because both are statements of fact. So also in historic fact, we can say, reverently but with equal accuracy, I was crucified when Christ was crucified, or Christ was crucified when I was crucified, for they are not two historical events, but one. My crucifixion was with him. Has Christ been crucified? Then can I be otherwise? And if he was crucified nearly 2,000 years ago, and I with him, can my crucifixion be said to take place tomorrow? Can his be past and mine present or future? Praise the Lord, when he died on the cross, I died with him. He not only died in my stead, but he bore me with him to the cross, so that when he died, I also died. And if I believe in the death of the Lord Jesus, then I can believe in my own death just as surely as I believe in his. Why do you believe that the Lord Jesus died? 
What is your ground for that belief? Is it that you feel he has died? No, you have never felt it. You believe it because the word of God tells you so. When the Lord was crucified, two thieves were crucified at the same time. You do not doubt that they were crucified with him either because the scripture says so quite plainly. You believe in the death of the Lord Jesus and you believe in the death of the thieves with him. Now what about your own death? Your crucifixion is more intimate than theirs. They were crucified at the same time as the Lord, but on different crosses, whereas you were crucified on the selfsame cross as he, for you were in him when he died. How can you know? You can know for the one sufficient reason that God has said so. It does not depend on your feelings. If you feel that Christ has died, he has died. And if you do not feel that he has died, he has died. If you feel that you have died, you have died. And if you do not feel that you have died, you have nevertheless just as surely died. These are divine facts. That Christ has died is a fact. That the two thieves have died is a fact. And that you have died is a fact also. Let me tell you, you have died. You are done with. You are ruled out. The self you loathe is on the cross in Christ. And he that is dead is freed from sin. Romans 6, 7. This is the gospel for Christians. Our crucifixion can never be made effective by will or by effort, but only by accepting what the Lord Jesus did on the cross. Our eyes must be open to see the finished work of Calvary. Some of you, prior to your salvation, may have tried to save yourselves. You read the Bible, prayed, went to church, gave alms. Then one day your eyes were opened and you saw that a full salvation had already been provided for you on the cross. You just accepted that and thanked God and peace and joy flowed into your heart. And now the good news is that sanctification is made possible for you on exactly the same basis as that initial salvation. You are offered deliverance from sin as no less a gift of God's grace than was the forgiveness of your sins. For God's way of deliverance is altogether different from man's way. Man's way is to try to suppress sin by seeking to overcome it. God's way is to remove the sinner. Many Christians mourn over their weakness, thinking that if only they were stronger, all would be well. The idea that because failure to lead a holy life is due to our impotence, something more is therefore demanded of us. This leads naturally to this false conception of the way of deliverance. If we are preoccupied with the power of sin and with our inability to meet it, then we naturally conclude that to gain the victory over sin, we must have more power. If only I were stronger, we say, I could overcome my violent outburst of temper. And so we plead with the Lord to strengthen us so that we may exercise more self-control. But this is altogether a fallacy. It is not Christianity. God's means of delivering us from sin is not by making us stronger and stronger, but by making us weaker and weaker. 
That is surely rather a peculiar way of victory, you say. But it is the divine way. God sets us free from the dominion of sin, not by strengthening our old man, but by crucifying him. Not by helping him to do anything, but by removing him from the scene of action. For years, maybe, you have tried fruitlessly to exercise control over yourself, and perhaps this is still your experience. But when once you see the truth, you will recognize that you are indeed powerless to do anything, but that in setting you aside altogether, God has done it all. Such a discovery brings human striving and self-effort to an end. Oh, my friends, I'm reading this again today. And for me, oh, the gospel breaks forth again. I hope that you will listen to this again. That if you don't already have a copy of The Normal Christian Life by Watchman Nee, that you'll order it. Give it to yourself as a gift. And oh, my friends, let the truth that is in the pages of that book take you into the pages of of the scripture that you set your faith completely upon the finished work of Jesus. We will in the next episode continue with further reading from chapter three, the normal Christian life by Watchman Nee. I love you all until next time. For more information on Nancy, please visit nancymccrady.com or follow her on social media at nbmccrady.com.